The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. Everybody's got a special Valentine's card on your seats with a Valentine's chocolate. It's uh, it's love for God's house, love for God's people. And uh, I wrote this quite a long time ago, and it's called Imagine a Church. And this is, this is what it says. It says, imagine a church where God and people are brought together, where people from all nations and different cultural backgrounds are welcomed into a loving family of Christians. I love this morning seeing 10 people on the stage and seeing all the different cultural backgrounds that they all come from and just looking around and seeing 70 to 80 different nationalities worshiping God together as one family. That to me is just a dream come true. Uh, Imagine a church where the Bible is taught as the word of God and people are guided by its wisdom, where people love God passionately, are authentic in their Christianity, are committed to growing spiritually and sharing their faith with others. Imagine being part of a church where the Holy Spirit is free to do whatever he wants to do, where the worship gives people a taste of heaven while here on earth. Imagine a church where people are healed, given hope, and then reach out to bless others where dreams are encouraged and people are trained to use their abilities to help others in our community and beyond. Imagine partnering with people who see their purpose in life is to use their resources to expand the kingdom of God all over the world and commit themselves to seeing God's will done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the church I love and the church God is building at Life Source Christian Center. That, that to me encapsulates what we're all about and uh, what, what you see regularly on stage here is our frontline pastors. What you don't see regularly on stage is our board. And so uh, this morning, I want to introduce to you or present to you our board, people that work behind the scenes just to keep everything in order and uh, make sure that uh, our church keeps going from strength to strength. So I wonder if our board can just come forward and let me introduce you. Come forward, all of our board members. Give them a big welcome. Sandra, you come as well as the public officer. Okay, you're coming. You don't want to come on stage. I'll come, I'll come down to you. So this is, this is Kay Waddle. Kay Waddle is our latest uh, addition to our board, uh, David Seaton, who'd been serving on our board for six years, was transferred to Brisbane. And so Kay was one of the original members of our church back when it started 30 years ago. Had a bit of a, a journey around and then came back at 10 years ago and she's just an incredible blessing. This is Sandra. Sandra is a public officer to our church. So so uh, she basically connects our church to all the legal legalities of the church and is just such an incredible servant, has been on staff for 16 years and is an incredible blessing to me. I don't think I'd be able to do my job without Sandra. She's uh, my executive assistant. Basically, she does uh, her job description when she first started was this keep me out of jail. And, uh, and so far, she's been very successful. So uh, give Sandra a big welcome. <laughs> Our longest serving board member is, um, is Helen. So Helen was on the board uh, before I arrived. And her biggest question is, 
If you're going to come, how long are you going to be here? <laughs> well, it's been 20 years so far, Helen. Is that, uh, is that long enough? That's okay. So uh, Helen is just, um, she's the prayer warrior. And uh, we just are so blessed to have someone of Helen's uh, experience and uh, ministry. Just, uh, I love Helen so much. She's one of the important women in my life. And uh, I love her passionately. She's a great woman of God. And I just know that if there's, uh, between my mum and Helen and Anne, these three women pray for me all the time. And I'm just so blessed to have Helen in my life. Yeah. Matthew Cross. What a champion Matthew is. Matthew used to, and Kim used to be our youth pastors when they were youthful. Um, yeah, come on. And then you resigned from being youth pastors because you wanted to have kids. And, and, uh, and then Matthew came on, on the board and has been just an incredible contributor to our board. Matthew runs um, a, uh, an IT company called Dan Cray and is just incredibly insightful, incredibly wise. And... Uh, I just love Matt's contribution. Thank you, Matt. Give him a great big applause. Then we have Sanjay. Just Sanjay. What a champion Sanjay is. Another great man of prayer, uh, great man of God. Again, you know, very successful in his business uh, and does incredibly uh, well in his job, has leadership responsibilities where he is, and is very insightful in helping us to navigate uh, systems within our church. He has expertise in that area and brings those expertise to our church, but a very prayerful man, a very uh, very strong man of prayer. Uh, you come to church, when? Is it Thursday mornings or Wednesday mornings? Tuesday mornings at what time? At 6 o'clock, just to pray, just one of these great men of prayer, 6 a.m. to pray. And it's just a wonderful thing to know that people on our board are prayerful. And then we got, give, give Sanjay a great big applause. <laughs> and then we've got David Helvagian. David, David did communion last week and uh, again is a very insightful man and um, is actually uh, doing a law degree right now on top of his work uh, in consultancy and um, worked for Gallup for many years. Is very insightful in all those areas, has a family, works full-time, and is doing a law degree. So, um, so this, is the man, this is the man that dots all the I's and crosses all the T's and reminds us regularly of legal responsibility. And uh, just let me tell you, with a guy like David on the board, you know that we are protected and uh, everything is always in our church. This is one of the hallmarks of our church. Integrity and done right is, uh, is the hallmark of our church. And it's people like David and everyone on the board that helps us to do that. Give them all a great big applause. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. <clears throat> Appreciate them incredibly. So last year, uh, during Vision Sunday, we, I talked about three things that we wanted to do in 2015. Cracking ceilings, uh, strengthening our children's ministry, strengthening our community care. And I just want to say 
we cracked ceilings, just uh, that 500 ceiling, we smashed that. And, uh, you know, we're well, you know, pushing, that's in church on a Sunday, pushing 600. Uh, last that Sunday of, of, uh, of January, we're pushing the 700 ceiling and, and those ceilings are broken. Um, I just love that, that uh, there, 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 was, there was a ceiling on our church for 30 years that got smashed. And uh, I think it's so important in life that you uh, expose the ceilings and smash them so that nothing holds you down from accomplishing your destiny. We also have seen the children's ministry just flourish and expand. Anne has taken the oversight of that. And uh, let me tell you that uh, it's not as if Anne doesn't have any other responsibilities, but she took on the children's ministry because she has a heart for our kids. She's got a heart for the next generation. And we're seeing a whole bunch of people rising up in the children's ministry. And community care as well has just gone to another level. Um, Sue Davis did an incredible job with food care and just seeing those people touched in food care and beyond and our Christmas uh, hampers and vouchers and all that we're doing. And uh, this year, uh, well, last year as well, we had Drew coming on staff overseeing community care, but we're moving that to another level this year. And uh, we saw last year accomplish great things. So let, let me share with you quickly our three core values. Our three core values are simply loving God, growing spiritually, helping others. So as a church, everything that we do falls under those core values, loving God, growing spiritually, helping others. So when the youth ministry say, John, what's the vision for our youth ministry? Hey, this is it. All I want is for our youth to love God, to grow spiritually, and to help others. And if our youth can be loving God, growing spiritually and helping others, I'm a happy person. I'm an incredibly happy person. This year, I really want us to focus on helping others as, um, as, as our vision, a real essence of our vision, helping others. And so consequently, I've called this the year of success. And the reason I called it the year of success is because I want to help you become more successful. So that's me helping others. What, what can I do as a pastor to invest in your life so that you can grow, so that you can become all that God wants you to become? And consequently, I would love every single person in our church to ask that question, what can I do to help others? What can I do to invest into others? One of the great things that we can do is do the journey of life with people and help people in their journey. There's nothing more wonderful than helping people in their journey to help them become more successful, to help them just, especially when they're struggling. Especially, And how many of you know that all of us have days where we struggle? There's something very powerful when we're helping others. And one of the great families in our church that I've loved doing life with is, is Dr. Yick and his beautiful wife, Sim. And uh, when, they, when they got saved, was it four years ago? Four years ago, got saved. Four yeah, years ago and got baptized. I just, I just love how they just blossomed 
and grew and developed and just became incredibly born again. Yeah, as some people take ages to get going, Yik and Sim, as soon as they got saved, man, they got saved running. And so Yik would, would uh, you know, in his doctor's surgery, get to the end of doing his consultancy and then say to his, to his patients, hey, listen, can I pray for you? And how many of you would love your doctor to say that? Well, Yik was doing that and bringing heaps of people to his church. But just recently, um, uh, Sim got diagnosed with, uh, with a pretty serious illness. And uh, she's going to come up and just share with us for a few minutes about how we as a church helped her in her journey. Let's give Sim a great big applause as she comes and just shares the testimony of how she's been helped. Pray for it, Sim. God bless you. Good morning, church. Um, my name is Sim. Um, I'm here today to share my testimony and what God has done for me since I became a Christian. Before I start, I would like to thank Pastor John and Pastor Anne for this sharing opportunity. I became a Christian four years ago through three ladies. One of them... One of them was Rachel Ng from our church. Before knowing Jesus, I, I lived a very small life. My focus was, was on um, becoming successful. To me, successful meant having lots of money, owning a big house and multiple investment properties, looking pretty and have kids who did well in everything. I was trained as a lawyer and was very motivated and proud. I, respected my, I expected my life would turn out exactly as I planned. So when things didn't turn out as I planned and wished, I was hit with depression. My depression was partly caused by my son's condition. My son, Han Wei, uh, was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome when he was four. So my dream of having a perfect kid was shattered. And I did not know how to handle him. When from he was about two years old, he's now 10, he would melt down over very trivial things and cry for over 20, 30 minutes uh, each time. Episodes like this happened a few times every day and I was really exhausted and feeling helpless. I remember one incident that happened when Hanwei was in kindergarten. I picked him up after school. When he got in the car and I drove for only a few seconds, he said, Mom, I need to go to the toilet now. He couldn't take no or wait as an answer. The traffic was really busy and it was just so inconvenient to go back. And I said, why didn't you go to the toilet earlier? This kind of comment to me was not offensive at all. But then that triggered a meltdown. And he said, he cried and just started kicking my seats while I was driving and said, why did you blame me? And nothing could calm him down um, or, or stop him from kicking me. So the fire inside me just grew bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I exploded. I screamed at the top of my voice and said, I am, and then at the same time, I actually stepped on the accelerator. I said, I'm going to kill all of us in the car. I'm going to hit into the lamppost. I'm going to kill you and kill me and your sister. So scenarios like that happened many times over the year. 
I was blessed that somehow I didn't lose my mind completely and kill all of us. Life was miserable. I was sad. I was defeated, angry. I saw no hope and no future. At my lowest point, I encountered Jesus. That was my turning point. God gave me a new life and a new, a new heart. God slowly transformed me, changed my values, gave me patience, peace, hope, gentleness, and humility. Amazingly, when I changed, Hanwei also changed. He became calmer and less anxious. His tantrums become less and shorter. So over the years, God gave me two powerful tools to help me in the past, you know, in the past four years. The first one was his Bible. God's word provides provided me a lot of comfort, strength, and wisdom to be a better mother and person. And one person who played a huge part in my spiritual growth was Pastor John. He didn't know how much his weekly teaching and the DVDs that we watched in Connect Group had changed me. He taught me how much more important to build our treasure in heaven than to accumulate wealth in this world. He made me realize that the success I used to care so much had no eternal value and would one day become nothing. Number two, prayer. Prayers work powerfully in me and Hanwei. For example, when I was going to explode, a quick prayer would just calm me down. When Hanwei cried and couldn't stop, I prayed and he would stop. Six months after becoming a Christian, God healed my depression. One day, I just told my husband, Yik, that I'm going to stop the medicine, and he agreed. From that day onward until today, I do not need to see my psychiatrist and to take any antidepressant. I still face, changes, I still face uh, challenges every day as a mother, but God is on my side. God tells me I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. On 19th of June last year, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I was only 41. The news hit Yik and I really, really hard. The first few days, I was so sad and terrified that I'm going to die and my kids would die, would, would grow up without their mother. In the last eight months, I went through six months of chemotherapy, a double mastectomy, and breast reconstruction. It was a very intense eight months, but our God is so gracious and so good. He filled me with his peace and strength. His peace was beyond my understanding. God kept assuring me, Sim, just trust me. Just trust me and do not worry. He would fight the better, and win the victory for me. And what I needed to do on my part was to rest in Him and worship Him. Through this experience, God has also taught me, number one, to count my blessings every day and be grateful. Do not focus on my lost, but be grateful for what I have. Number two, to do one day and one step at a time. Do not think too much or too far ahead that can bring, as that can bring fear and worry unnecessarily. Number three, how to care for those who go through a similar journey. 
God was and still is with me every day. I'm deeply touched by His intense love for me. He brought so many people to love me and pray for me continuously. Um, I would like to thank everyone in our church and outside our, our church who walked the journey with me. I'm forever grateful to those um, of you who pray for me fervently, cook for me, drove me to hospital, accompany me to the chemo sessions, bought me flowers, presents, threw me gathering party, did me manicure, pedicure, look after my pet, etc. and etc. You know who you are, and I just couldn't have done this work without your love and support. Um, I would like to mention four special ladies to me. Um, they have been amazing friends. One of them was uh, Rachel, Amelia, Florence, and Emmeline. They have been really great in this work. Um, I, also, I would also like to thank my mom and my husband and my two kids for being my greatest support. Um, thank you. Um, I'm ending my, my sharing today with two quotes. God does not shield us from the storms of life. He shelters us in the storm of life. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Thank you. Sin, that was so precious. That was so precious. Thank you. Thank you. That was so brave as well. Incredibly brave. Incredibly beautiful. Vision Sunday. What's the vision all about? That's it. That's what it's all about, folks. It's about doing life with people in their good times and their tough times. It's being there. It's being authentic in our Christianity. It's not just about putting on a really nice show here on Sundays. And that's a beautiful thing to do. But what about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? What about that? It's about being authentic and helping people and doing life with them. Because your turn will come. You'll need somebody to do life with you. There's a, a beautiful story in Luke chapter 10 that has entered into the English vocabulary. A Bible story has entered the English vocabulary and it's the story of the Good Samaritan. Now when someone does a good deed, what are they called? Good Samaritan. And it's out of the Bible. Can I read it to you? It says in verse 30, certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him to bandage his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him, 
And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. What's interesting is that the three people that Jesus picked, two of them were the religious people, the priest and the Levite. And and I, and I think what Jesus was trying to pull out of this is that true religion is not about what we say, but about what we do. And as a church, you know, we've got, we've got a platform, we've got a voice. But beyond a voice, we've got hands and we've got feet. And I think it's so important that we don't only emphasize the voice that we have, but also focus on the hands and the feet that we have. And the reason that I brought Sim on the stage for her to tell a testimony was because our voice blessed her. And she talked about the voice blessing her and the DVDs and all the teaching. That certainly blessed her. But in a time of desperate need, it's not the voice that she needed. It was the hands. And the things that stood out was someone that loved her enough to do a pedigree just to do her nails and do her feet and just to serve her to that extent where they can do her feet. That to me is true Christianity at work. It's helping people with no demand for a return. It's like we help you and we don't expect anything back from you because we're not doing it with an ulterior motive. We're doing it out of true love. And every Thursday, I just get blown away. Seriously, I get blown away by our volunteers that just come and help. And I don't do it for any other reason, but I just want to bless our community. Then, then on Thursday, I see the people that come into our church. People that are not the lawyers and the doctors. Those that make up, you know, 75% of our congregation have degrees. And I think 50%, uh, a very high percentage have master's degrees and beyond. So, so we, we've got a very intelligent, well-educated congregation. But the people that come here on, on Thursdays, maybe some of them are educated, maybe some of them are. But there's also a lot of people that come that are doing it tough. And they don't have a lot to offer us, but we've got a lot to offer them. And, and we do it. And so some of them have got mental health issues. And so, um, you know, they, they're very interesting in themselves, but they're people. They're people. And you know what? These people with mental health issues, it's not as if, yeah, we're doing it so that we can get something out of them. No, no, we're going to be putting a lot into them. But they're people. They're people with a name. They're people that were created by God. They're people that God loves. They're people that we can help. And we do it because we can. And we do it because we want to. And we do it because there's a heart that's beating for others. Folks, that's the vision of our church. That's the vision of our church. I want to help people. 
I want to make this world a better world. You know, the fact is, get hold of this. Come back from holidays, done three funerals already. Three funerals, it's like one per week. I mean, we arrived, the day we arrived, the next day I did a funeral, then last week I did a funeral, and then on Friday I did a funeral as well. And it's like, it just hits you when you do three in such short notice that our life is finite. But you know what? When you get to that funeral and they, they start talking about the deceased, the stories of the deceased is how their lives intersected with the individual, how their life blessed them. And so when, uh, when, when we did the, the funeral for Sue Kosh, the stories were how mum impacted my life, what she did to bless me. When we did Chris Gugliamucci's uh, funeral, it was how Chris impacted what he did to make my life a better life. And then on Friday when we did the funeral for, um, for Jen Stewart's mother, Colleen, it was how her life impacted me. And, and, and this is the point that we're not remembered for what we accumulate. We're not remembered by the big houses that we build and the investment properties that we gather. At your funeral, nobody's going to be talking about that. What they will be talking about is what you did to bless them. It's how you helped them. That's your legacy. That's, that's what your life will be remembered for. I, I love this other passage in, in, uh, in uh, Acts. This is just so awesome. Acts chapter 9. It's the story of this little lady called Dorcas. Just, I love this story because it's just a story of these people that just hated the fact that Dorcas passed away. This is what it says, verse 36. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lydda was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to de delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. And when he had come, they brought him in the upper room and all the widows stood by weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. Wow, you know, I, just, I love this story because he's these people that said, please, can you do something? We don't want this woman to die. She is too much of a blessing to us. Folks, can I just say that it wasn't what she'd accumulated that made her such a special person. It's what she gave. It's what she gave. And so what's our vision? Our vision is to help others. Our vision is to help people. Our vision is to help people do life better. Can I help you do life better? One of the joys of my life is if you're married here, I want to help you do marriage better. So I want to model 
what a great marriage is and, and, uh, and model that well. But I, but I also want to put on a special seminar this year. And I've got a beautiful couple called Joe and Peggy that are going to help us. Joe and Peggy. Stand up, Joe and Peggy. <clears throat> Love Joe and Peggy. So we're going we're to put on uh, a marriage seminar. Just why are we doing that? To help you do life better. It's about helping you do life better. Uh, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of other things, but every Sunday you're going to be hearing principles on how you can do life better, how you can be more successful, how you can achieve your purpose, because we want to help people to thrive and flourish, navigate through the tough times, which come. None of us are immune from tough times, but boy, they're a lot easier when we can navigate with people that love us. And then the final thing, and I'm just about finished because my time is up, that one of the things that I want to help people to do is to grow in their faith. Grow in their faith. You know, what's interesting is that when I did the funeral for Colleen on, um, on Friday, and she was, I mean, it's interesting, get the life story. She's pretty wild, 60 go-go girl and all that sort of stuff. It's, you would have find, found it very fascinating, Helen, to have been there and, and seen her life. But what happened was that... Um, uh, towards the end, her sister came to me and said, you know what I discovered? I discovered that my sister, towards the end, found religion. And so I, I said to her, I said, do you know what? Your sister had religion all of the life, brought up in the Catholic Church. I said, what your sister found towards the end was not religion, but faith. And there's a big difference between having religion and having faith. Faith is what we all need. And so we're here to help to grow your faith and to increase your faith and to hear Sim's story of the difference between pre-faith and post-faith, to hear her story of this is what I was like, suicidal, murderous, before getting saved, but now I'm not on medication. Now I'm free. Now my life has changed. Can we help others find faith? Thanks for listening to this message from LifeSource Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.